This is the Anchor Down Podcast. Welcome back to the Anchor Down Podcast here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. I'm your host, Max Herz, talking all things Vanderbilt Commodores on this Monday, October the 21st. Vanderbilt football, the big win on Saturday over Missouri, 21-14. If you missed any of the first half of the podcast, dissecting that win, Mo Hassan taking over, and what changed with the mentality of this Vanderbilt football team? You can hear our full episode online now. Catch up with what you missed on thegamenashville.com. Click on Pod Center. Click on Anchor Down. We shift the discussion a tad now away from football towards basketball, but more on the Vanderbilt administration side. For those of you who subscribe to The Athletic, best sports site going out there, continues to grow rapidly. Check it out if you have not already. Lots of great Nashville sports coverage there, too. A different kind of revolution is afoot at Vanderbilt. It's the article from last week, actually October the 8th, by Dana O'Neill, senior writer for The Athletic covering college basketball. Dana spent... a Full day with Jerry Stackhouse, new Vanderbilt basketball coach, and Malcolm Turner, relatively new Vanderbilt athletic director. Lots of good information in the article, which I would encourage you all to check out if you have not already. Dana, kind enough to join us here on the Anchor Down podcast this week to get a little deeper in the article and talk about the revolution going on at Vandy right now. Dana, thanks so much for joining me here on the Anchor Down podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to do it. We are heading into college basketball season, and there are probably hundreds, if not thousands, of articles or stories you could pursue across college basketball. What led you to this article and Vanderbilt? Well, I think, you know, from afar, it struck me as interesting. As soon as Vanderbilt hired Malcolm Turner, and then when he, in turn, turned around and hired Jerry Stackhouse, you know, I remember the Gordon Gee pronouncement that, athletics was getting out of, or the Vanderbilt was getting out of the business of athletics, so to speak, moving it into more student services. And I thought, wow, they've really done a 180. They're hiring a business person with a pro-business background who has now in turn hired a pro coach. And that seemed completely different. So what is that all about? And, um, you know, as I was plotting some ideas and stuff with Stack being new and in town, I thought it would be a good time to go down and check things out. So you got to come down here in person, spend a lot of time with both Jerry Stackhouse and Malcolm Turner. Was there anything that really surprised you or was out of the ordinary about what you saw or heard as reported in the article or that you didn't get to use? I don't think anything surprised me so much. Um, you know, I think what was interesting to me was how both of them basically said the same thing, that they weren't looking for an exit ramp, they weren't looking for a job, and yet this one appealed to them. And I think Look, from afar, let's be honest, a lot of people might look at Vanderbilt and say, that's a really hard job. Why would that be appealing to an athletic director? Why would that be appealing to a basketball coach? Did they won zero games in the league last year. Why would you want to take that job? And I just thought that was interesting that despite what outsiders might seem as difficult and challenging, both of these guys were like, no, give me. I want to give that a go. Let's talk about that a little bit further because I think you're spot on about the outsider opinion of not just the Vanderbilt job, but even the hire of a bit of an unorthodox candidate in Jerry Stackhouse has been a little bit unpopular, maybe more so nationally than locally. Now that you've seen it up close, how do you think this hire will work out both in the short term and the long term? And why do you think the reaction from some was so negative? Well, I can start with the second part first. Look, I mean, 
people tend to group everyone into piles of people, right? Chris Mullins failed at, you know, St. John's. Therefore, Jerry Stackhouse, another pro guy, is going to fail at Vanderbilt. That That's sort of the lazy reaction. Um, he has no college background. He's never recruited people. He doesn't know what he's in for. He's not proven as a coach. All of those things, and I'm not saying they're invalid. I mean, all of those things are true. He has not recruited. He has not coached in the college game. But he has coached, and I think um, I think a lot of people have the same reaction to Patrick Ewing at Georgetown, and I think Patrick Ewing has proven them wrong. I mean, Georgetown is considerably better because of him. His players are better because of him. And I think when you talk to Jerry, you know, he points out where he's coming from, from coming from the G League. He's coming from a place where you have to develop players. That These are the guys that are good enough to make the NBA eventually, but they're not quite good enough yet for whatever reason. And his job is to develop them as professional athletes. And at Vanderbilt, I mean, I'm not saying you can't go out and get a McDonald's All-American. You can get a Darius Garland. You can certainly get players who are good enough. But odds are you're going to get guys who need to develop over the course of two, three, four years. And Jerry's argument is that's what I do. I do that for a living. So why am I such an odd fit? And I think, you know, I think that's what I – I believe can work for Vanderbilt. I think he understands what he's getting into. He doesn't have delusions of grandeur. He's not coming in there saying, I'm going to go recruit 10 top 100 guys in two years and change the face of the way we do business. He's like, no, no, the way we do business and who we are has to be different. And I'm, I'm okay with that. And I'm good at that. And I think that's a really important place to start from. With those things in mind that maybe the success is a bit longer term and that's the strength of your coach. What do you envision for the team this season and their potential ceiling? Well, I, I do. You're talking to the players and stuff. It's interesting to talk to them, kind of reading, reading between the lines. There certainly seems to be a new energy and verve about about the whole program, and, and certainly that's the case. Look, when anybody has a new coaching come in, and after everything went so poorly last year, there was no place to go but up, right? But I do think that there is a different level of commitment and camaraderie among the team. You know, I got the sense that once Garland got hurt last year, everyone felt like, well, season over, and they, they just mailed it in. I mean, and I don't mean that in that they didn't have an effort, but they just decided, look, there is no kind of getting this mess back, so let's just move on. And that's a really bad place to operate from. And so I think this year, certainly, I think this is going to be a much more competitive team. I'm not saying they're going to go out and win the SEC or do anything crazy, but are they going to be a rollover? I don't think so. I think this is going to be a much more experienced and wiser team from what they went through, and I think that will translate into some wins. I'm not saying they're going to go out and beat Kentucky and Florida, but can they be competitive in those games more so than they were? Absolutely. So I do sense a new energy, if you will, about the basketball team. A couple of quotes from the piece from the players you spoke to. Aaron Niesma said that basketball is, quote, more fun this year. And Matthew Moore said there were a lot of individual goals, a lot of individual personalities that hindered us from winning more last season. So a big step going forward, that all from Dana O'Neill's article on The Athletic. A different kind of revolution is afoot at Vanderbilt. Check it out if you have not already. Dana, let's shift from basketball a little bit more to the administrative side. You got to spend time with Malcolm Turner as well. Of course, Malcolm Turner, Jerry Stackhouse have been linked more often than not, and that was the focus of the piece. And it's interesting to see these guys together who are really both authentically friends. Did you get that same impression? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's certainly a friendship there, and more importantly, a a true respect for one another. I think, you know, um, Malcolm has watched what Jerry has done from, you know, a very good 
view. I mean, he's seen it up close and personal and knows very much what Jerry has done as a coach. And I think a lot of people might have thought he was making a big leap of faith. I don't think Malcolm Turner felt that way at all. And then on the flip side, I think Jerry certainly understands that Malcolm is a person that, you know, I can get into business with, if you will. I can trust that he's going to have my back. I can trust that his vision isn't just smoke and mirrors, that there's some legitimacy to it. And so I think definitely there is a certain level of necessary trust to do this. And, and that is hypercritical. You, you know, as a coach, you can't exist unless your athletic director has your back. And as an athletic director, you can't exist if your coaches don't, you know, share your vision at all. Publicly, we have kind of learned step by step the way that Malcolm Turner thinks. He comes from the consulting background. He has employed Deloitte to help Vanderbilt make their plan for their master facilities and their strategic athletics plan. Last we've heard, they're going from idea gathering towards ideation in the beginning stages of planning right now. What did you learn about Vanderbilt's both short-term and long-term plans under Malcolm Turner? Yeah, I, I think he's he's doing this very smart. I mean, he's not going out and just spending money willy-nilly and just saying, let's just go build everything we can and, and figure out how we're going to pay for it later and whether it's worthwhile. You know, I think right now uh, everyone understands the football stadium is in need of a lot of work. Well, right now the, the you know, the plan is not to go knock it down and start over tomorrow. This is, it's got to be, you know, incremental changes. I think his, his whole thing was there hasn't been a plan in place. You know, you kind of haven't had at Vanderbilt a vision for any of this, facilities-wise and, and kind of growing the entire athletic department because everything was sort of stagnated with the sort of where are we? Are we in or are we out? And Malcolm even said those exact words, are we in or are we out? And so I think he's saying, all right, we're in, but now to get in, we have to fundraise. We have to sort of change our approach. We have to change our identity. We have to be smart. You know, I think a lot of people would love to just go see, like I said, instantaneous change and boom, spend a bazillion dollars. That's, that, that doesn't last. That's, that's foolish. So I think what you will see is a very detailed plan um, and a way to actually see it into fruition. So I don't think you're going to see change overnight. I think it's going to take a little patience. But I think people have to trust the idea that, this is the smarter, more solid way to go. You, you have to build a foundation before you can just start erecting buildings on top. They're all going to crumble otherwise. On the topic of changing culture within the Vanderbilt Athletic Department, the real two new voices are Malcolm Turner at the top and Tommy Smith, who came with him from the NBA, who's yep. his number two in this whole operation. Are those two new voices enough to change a culture long term, or is there a vision to add staff, add positions, things along those lines? Well, I think, you know, look, I think I'm sure there's always a, there's always a thought to adding people to your staff and kind of, like every athletic director wants to surround themselves with people who think the same and, and kind of share their vision and all of that. For sure, I think that you will see changes down the road in that regard. But right now, I think the most important thing is, I think Malcolm Turner wants his coaches and the staff that's there to buy into what he's selling, to say, listen, um, we can be better than this. Yes, we have high academic standards. Yes, we are different than your traditional SEC program. That doesn't mean we should just settle for you know using that as an excuse. So I think down the road you'll, you might see some changes and you might see some new bodies and, and people in place that are going to sort of share that vision. But I think ultimately his, his goal isn't to go out and, and replace people. It's to, to sort of get people to convert, if you will, to what, he's, what he believes is the right way to do things. And, look, he's got a ton of energy. He's got a ton of ideas. He's not a guy that sits in the office. He said he likes to go out and talk, in the, talk to people, go out to practices and kind of be hands-on. So 
you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be up to every individual coach and program to say whether they're on board or not. But to me, if you're in that circumstance and you see a guy that that's been as successful as he has been coming in with this sort of energy and direction, I think you'd be a fool not to take a flyer and give the man a chance. Talking to Dano, Neil, senior writer for The Athletic, her piece, A Different Kind of Revolution is Afoot at Vanderbilt, is online on The Athletic. Check it out if you have not. Subscribe to The Athletic if you have not. A couple more questions on the subject of Malcolm Turner and the Vanderbilt administration. It seems like Malcolm Turner has the green light of the Vanderbilt Board of Trust, of the chancellor's side, to go ahead, spend money, we will give you what you need. Did you get a sense that it was tough for him to get that approval that Vanderbilt had seemingly been looking for for so long? No, I didn't at all. In fact, as I asked him directly, you how much pushback and blowback have you gotten, you know, from anybody, from from the administration and from faculty on campus, from anybody? How much is there, you know, is there any reticence at all to do this? And he said none. Um, he feels like, you know, your your chancellor and everyone is very much on board with getting things aligned and doing things properly. So, you know, I don't think he would have taken the job unless he felt confident that there was support from the top because you can't do it without that. So, no, it's actually the very opposite. He said he has felt very supported and and very certain that people are on board with what he wants to do. So do you think a simple change of athletic director was all it took to get that green light and to get more approval? No, I don't think it was that simple. I think there had to be somewhere a, you know, a recognition of, okay, so we tried it this way and it didn't work very well. And, you know, we're still here. We're still in the SEC. We're still trying to figure out what we can be, what we can't be, who we can be, who we can't be. And there was, I think, a recognition that, okay, this way didn't work. We need to change directions a little bit and make a purposeful hire of a person that could share the vision that they needed to have, that that could actually get the work done that they wanted to get done. So I think hiring Malcolm Turner was not an accident. Of course, as you noted in the piece, the big first move, firing and buying out Bryce Drew and then bringing on Jerry Stackhouse. This is obviously just the big first act for Malcolm Turner. But Dana, what happens if this doesn't work? Great question. I mean, look, I think, you know, then they've got to go back to a more traditional coach hire, right? You got to say, all right, we tried to kind of get the guy this way. We need to see if we can attract somebody um, that fits the more, you know, traditional mold, if you will. But I also think um, as quick as the as the plug here was on Bryce Drew, I don't think you're going to see this. Jerry Sackhouse is not going to be a two-year-and-you're-gone sort of edict. I think they understand that he's got to have some time to do what he thinks he has to do, which is to recruit guys that can be developed. If you're if you're saying you're going to be a program that's going to develop players, you got to give the coach time to develop players. So I don't think you're going to see a quick trigger here. Um, I think they're going to give him the time to try to grow this program the way he wants to grow it. But, you know, if it doesn't work, then I think you go back to the drawing board and say, all right, what, what do we do now? What, what kind of coach can we get now and open it up again and see who's interested? But I think you're not going to see that. Like I said, I don't think you're going to see that in two years, that's for sure. And knowing that Malcolm Turner has publicly pledged his support to Derek Mason on the football side, do you think it's still mm-hmm. a similar long leash for him despite poor results this season? I mean, I think, you know, I think all things are subject to debate on that front. I mean, I think, look, as an athletic director, you pledge your support to everybody because otherwise, you know, you're, you're asking, you're sending someone to fail. Um, I would say certainly I think Derek Mason gets some time, um, again, because there's been situations and issues that he's had to deal with as well. But, you know, do I think he gets as long as brand-new Jerry Stackhouse? Probably not. Um, 
But again, I do think that there is a commitment to trying to get people the infrastructure and the supports that they need, recognizing that, you know, otherwise you're asking them to succeed and setting them up to fail. So I do believe that Malcolm Turner understands that you got to have X to get Y, and they're going to give him, as, you know, give the football program as well time to sort of get everything in place and then make a decision. Dana O'Neill, senior writer for The Athletic. Before I let you go, is there anything that did not make the piece from your interviewing or research that you think Vandy fans would like to know that you'd want to share? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't I don't think so. I think I pretty much un, un, dropped out the notebook on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, they were, they were so interesting and, and so candid. I just felt like, you know, uh, yeah, I, I did ask Jerry Sackhouse, you know, if we could start a, a team with himself and – you know, Penny Hardaway and Aaron <laughs> McKee and Patrick Ewing. We got all these great players, and I asked him who would be the best one of the bunch, and he said, of course he would. So, nice. you know, I think, you know, you, you got a coach who's still confident in his abilities, let's put it that way. I love it. And, of course, you had the conflicting reports from the players about who is shutting down who when Stackhouse Correct. jumps there in on the practice too. court. Yes. That's funny. <laughs> Dana O'Neill, senior writer for The Athletic, if you still have not read A Different Kind of Revolution is afoot at Vanderbilt and subscribe to The Athletic while you're there. Dana, thank you again for doing this. Anytime. Thank you for having me. More on Malcolm Turner. My thoughts plus some new information from the Vanderbilt Athletic Director that came out this past week. That's up next with me, Max Hers, on the Anchor Down Podcast, ESPN 1025 The Game. The Anchor Down Podcast is on. Welcome back to the Anchor Down Podcast here on ESPN 1025 The Game. I'm your host, Max Hers. Final segment on this Monday, October the 21st edition. Here of the Anchor Down Podcast. Last segment we had Dana O'Neill, senior college basketball writer from The Athletic on to talk about her piece reported on site at Vanderbilt last week, hanging out with Malcolm Turner and Jerry Stackhouse entitled A New Kind of Revolution is Afoot at Vanderbilt. Well, on that topic, after we discussed the big football win in the first portion of the program, if you missed any of that, we got tons of postgame audio from Derek Mason and Vanderbilt players, running back Keyshawn Vaughn, cornerback Alan George, and wide receiver Cam Johnson. If you missed any of that, go to thegamenashville.com, click on Pod Center, and click on Anchor Down. That's where you can find all of our archived episodes here on the Anchor Down podcast, which you can find online and hear Monday nights from 9 to 10 here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Again with me, your host, Max Hers. Sticking with our conversation with Dana O'Neill about Vanderbilt's athletic administration, we are drawing close to the end of month number nine for Malcolm Turner as Vanderbilt's athletic director. I have been extremely, extremely pro-Malcolm Turner from when he was first rumored, to when he was hired, to when he spoke to the first time, to when I got the chance to meet him, to everything he's done. I think Malcolm Turner is the perfect person to be Vanderbilt's athletic director. Vanderbilt, when they had the opening, did not need somebody else's AD. They need a strong sports business expert who comes from outside of college athletics and is a problem solver and can tackle the very unique situation at Vanderbilt. That's what I've believed since the job came open. The first person I recommended for the job was Derek Schiller, who's a Vanderbilt graduate, who is the chief business officer for the Atlanta Braves. Very similar candidate to Malcolm Turner, who ended up emerging as a dark horse as picked by the Corn Ferry search firm. Well, speaking of search firms and consulting, no, I'm not making a list of where current Vanderbilt graduates are going to work. I'm making a list of these outside sources that first helped Vanderbilt fill their open athletic director position and are now helping Vanderbilt's new athletic director decide where and how to proceed 
tackling some of the deficiencies that exist presently in Vanderbilt Athletics. Malcolm Turner, who has a consulting background himself, brought in Deloitte Consulting to take a full survey of where Vanderbilt stands, where their opponents stand, where the opportunities are, where the weaknesses are. We've heard it a few times from Malcolm Turner in different forums. Well, we have more info about how that is going. Malcolm Turner was on Nashville Sports Radio last Tuesday, October the 15th, when he gave an update on Vanderbilt's progress with Deloitte as they move towards what he has dubbed the university's new athletic strategic plan. Here's Malcolm Turner on Nashville Sports Radio last Tuesday. We have a half-day meeting tomorrow where we'll start to take a look at some initial options. Our partner has really been in a diligence phase, kind of understanding our footprint, understanding usage and utilization and benchmarking our current facilities you know, with other peer institutions. And we're now converting what's been a diligence phase to now you know, an ideation kind of what-if phase. And so it's hard to answer the priority, not, not the priority, the order and sequencing uh, until we have more definitive options. And we're not that far off from it. So Malcolm Turner and the firm he's brought on Deloitte Consulting are, in his words, moving from diligence to ideation. And this was last week. So I imagine we'll get an update from Malcolm Turner on that at some point. And the thing that makes me think that we'll get an update soon and that there will be more updates throughout this whole process is this. I don't think we've been transparent enough and public about what our options are and what our plans are. And of course, as you well know, in absence of that, then everyone fills in their own narrative and some of it may be true, some of it not. But that's what I think has been missing. And so regardless of where we net out, it's, you know, I took the view that we, I, I think this market and, I, and this base deserves an answer. They deserve to be acknowledged and listened to. So Malcolm Turner, at the quarter pole of his first year as Vanderbilt's athletic director, maybe there we're hearing him admit his first mistake. Yeah, there haven't been any big plans yet. There have been some renovations, some of which have been public, some of which have not been public, but money has been spent, the most public of which is the smaller renovations to the football stadium and the new turf surface at the baseball field, which Tim Corbin has come out and said, we weren't about to go do this. Yeah, Tim Corbin got to pick the turf himself, but Malcolm Turner approached me and said, what do you need? Well, the turf's getting old. We've had it since 2013. Go. Go find the best turf on the market and we'll get it. Well, they did that. Tim Corbin went out into different parts of the country, saw different types of turf, picked the one he wanted. Guess what? It was down before the start of fall ball 2019. So sure, there have been very tangible assets, both visible like the turf and others that haven't been visible that have gone into place under Malcolm Turner and money has been spent and progress has been made. But we've heard about the athletic strategic plan. We've heard about the facilities plan, which presumably goes along with it in some way, shape or form, unless it just totally comes later, which it may. And my point in all of this is twofold. Malcolm Turner, again with the consulting background, very smart, measured businessman who wants to get all the facts. He's had his listening tour that we've heard so much about. He's gotten perspective on Vanderbilt Athletics from all angles. These things are going to take time. And I want to defend him from anyone who maybe he's addressing in that last clip that I just played is rushing to judgment because there hasn't been a big plan or a big fix yet. That's not going to happen in year one. That's going to happen longer term. And maybe we'll start seeing plans for it soon. 
But perhaps the regret for Malcolm Turner is, I've said there's going to be a plan. I've said there's going to be progress. But as we make the first baby steps toward that, I have not been public enough with the Vanderbilt fan base. And I think that's important. Because obviously the praises have been sung from Malcolm Turner. And I I know there are some, at least in the beginning, I, I guess there still are people who didn't like the hire. I would welcome anyone who doesn't to tweet at me, email me, at MaxHersTalks, rpmaxhers at gmail.com is my email. It's on my Twitter page. It's on my personal website. I would love to talk to you about it because I think Malcolm Turner is the perfect person for the job. And I look forward to hearing more from him in the future. Don't rush anything. Things are going to get fixed. This is an individual who in the future, not so distant future, is a candidate to become the commissioner of a big four sports league. He's the athletic director at Vanderbilt. I think things are going to be okay. Fanny football, a big winner this weekend. Bye week next week, two Saturdays from now, November the 2nd at South Carolina, 6.30 Central Time kick, 7.30 local in Columbia on the SEC Network. Just found that time out earlier today. TheGameNashville.com is where you can find all of our archived episodes. Click on Pod Center and click on Anchor Down while you're there. We go Monday nights 9 to 10. You're on 102.5 The Game. You've been anchoring down and listening up with me, Max Hers. It's the Anchor Down Podcast on ESPN, 1025 The Game.